This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you very much. Always nice to be back with you, dear friends. I just look forward so much to the chance day by day to speak with you and to send you a message from God's Word poured out of the love and concern of my own heart. My daily prayer is that God will make me a man of God, full of love and full of God, and full of God's truth and full of God's holiness. That's what I want him to do for Bob Cook. And in the process, perhaps I can spill over a little to you, dear ones. That's how it works. We're looking at Mark 6, Mark chapter 6, and the story of John the Baptist who got in prison and uh, ultimately was beheaded because of the hatred of Herodias, the lady who uh, was living with King Herod. She was married to his brother, but Herod decided that he wanted her, and that's how it was. Well, let's talk a little more about John the Baptist. He was human. He got discouraged. And so we read in another gospel, the Gospel of Luke, that uh, John called two of his disciples unto him and sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou indeed he that should come? In other words, are you really the Messiah? Or look we for another? Now, you can understand why he would ask this. Because he had announced the Lord Jesus as the Messiah. And no doubt in the back of his mind, there was the idea that if Christ were indeed the Messiah, he would come and take charge, liberate the nation from the yoke of Roman dominance, and restore a golden age to Israel. Instead, Christ was having great success and great crowds and all of that. But John now is in prison, and the scenario doesn't seem to be written properly. It doesn't stand to reason that the man who introduced the Messiah should end up in jail, does it? Well, you can can understand how John was feeling. So he sent the message to Jesus. He said, are you really the Messiah, or shall we look for somebody else? When the men were come to him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And right then he was healing People. He cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits and gave many that were blind, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. So Jesus answering said, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. You tell him that and then say, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended. In me. Why did he say that? Well, there's two, three thoughts here that we want to to work on. One is the answer to doubt is to see what Jesus is doing. You can philosophize all you will. You can turn questions over and over in your mind and get weary. But the answer to your doubts, beloved, is to see what the Lord Jesus is doing in your life and in others. He said the answer to the question, are you really the Messiah, is just to look and see what's happening. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. You tell him that. That'll settle his doubts. 
Now I'm talking to people who have of great needs. Somebody's just going through a divorce. Somebody's just lost a, a loved one, a wife or a husband or a, a child or some member, a close member of the family. Somebody's in problems with your job. Somebody's just heard that you got cancer and you're scared to death because you just have dreadful forebodings of suffering and pain and ultimate demise, and it's got you down. Somebody's been hurt terribly in the days past by life or by people or both, and you're just, you got scar tissue that just won't heal. Lots of different human problems. And you look up and say, God, I wonder if you've forgotten me. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And doubt begins to rear its head in your thinking. Am I talking to where you are today? I think I am. So then what? What do you do about it? You tell the Lord Jesus about it. He never scolded because John asked that question. Did you notice that? He didn't scold. He didn't criticize. He just said, look around you. So you tell the Lord Jesus about it. And then second, you look for his working in your life and in the lives of others around you. You ask God to open your eyes to see what God is really doing in your life and in the lives of others around you. And you'll be amazed as he answers that prayer. You can't live for for one whole day without realizing, if you have eyes to see it, that God is working in, in so many ways all around you. No, he hasn't forgotten you. He said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a desired end. Known unto God are all his ways from the beginning of the world. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The answer to doubt for John the Baptist is the same as it is for you and for me. And that is, look around and see what Jesus can do and what he's doing already in your life and the lives of others around you. Yes, you may be in a dreadfully difficult situation. Yes, your tears may be falling. Yes, worry may have gotten you to a place where you're as tight as a fiddle string. If somebody plucked you, you would sound A440. You're human. I know these things happen to us. Beloved, listen, look up, tell Jesus about it, and then ask him to open your eyes to see what's going, what's really going on. For God hasn't forgotten you, and he's still working. Amen? <laughs> God bless you. I know it's rough for some of you. My heart goes out to you. But Jesus is going to bring you through. The key word, as I've told you so many times, is through. When thou passest through the waters, they shall not overflow thee, and through the fire it shall not kindle upon thee. Yea, though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. God brings you through. Believe it. Well, that was that. What else? He said, Blessed is he whoso shall not be offended in me. The message of the Lord Jesus Christ does not automatically guarantee that your circumstances are going to be coming up roses. I think that's one of the fallacies of modern belief on the part of some. Just become a Christian and and let God run your life and you'll have lots of money and everything will be wonderful. Well, it doesn't always work that way, does it? No, it doesn't. Somebody listening to me right now can look across the floor and see the, the hole in the baseboard where the rats and the mice come in. The landlord won't fix it, and you don't know how to fix it, and haven't got the money to, to repair this old building in which you're living, and uh, 
And you tend to say bitterly, yeah, preacher, it's all right for you to say things will be all right and trust the Lord, but that doesn't fix my house. I know it. And I'm face to face with the fact that trusting the Lord Jesus does not always guarantee that your circumstances automatically, you may say magically, are going to change. Now, it so happens that I've lived in places like I just described. I know that. And what you do is you get a piece of tin or, or plastic wood or something, and you you stop that hole up so that those little visitors can't come in and out. That's what you do. And you go out and you get a package of decon and put it around so that they can have a a, a meal of, of, uh, of grain that's been laced with something that'll send them to rat heaven in a hurry. There is always something you can do about a so-called impossible situation. Do you believe me when I say that? There is always something that you can do about a so-called impossible situation. Do what you can. Trust the Lord Jesus. Look up and give him the glory and let God see you through. Amen? So, he says, Blessed is he who shall learn, whosoever shall not be offended in me. We tend to get offended when circumstances don't turn out the way our private scenario indicates they should. The story doesn't have such a happy ending sometimes, and we get offended. We say, oh, well, does it pay to serve God? Man said to me some years ago, he said, you talk about tithing, Cook. He said, we tried to tithe and it didn't do us any good. We're still broke. <laughs> well, uh, there's an answer to that, I think. I think the attitude in which you do a thing relating to God's will does make a good deal of difference. I remember another man who if steadfastly told me that it wouldn't help to tithe his income. You know, that means give God a tenth of your income. He said, he said preacher, get off of my back. I haven't got enough money. But then one prayer meeting night, he got up to testify, and he said, I, I told my wife, look, it isn't going to hurt us to try it one week anyway. Let's try it and see what the Lord will do. And his face just broke into a smile. He said, at the end of the weekend, we had money left over. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I think a lot depends on your attitude. But he says, blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. John was in jail. Rough, rough circumstances. Ultimately, his head was going to get chopped off. Not a good prospect. Jesus said, don't get offended in me because God's plan is going on. God's plan is going on. God is getting done what he wants to do. My circumstances always, write this down in the notebook of your mind, would you, beloved? My circumstances always must be viewed from the point of view of what is God doing. Paul wrote from prison. He said, well, he said, my bonds in Christ are made manifest throughout all the palace. He said, the word of God is not bound. I'm in handcuffs. I'm shackled hand and feet, and I'm bound to this Roman soldier on one side and on the other. But he said, the word of God is not bound, and people all over the palace are hearing about Jesus. Praise the Lord. See, even in prison, Paul was looking at what God was doing. Can you and I do the same thing today? Oh, I pray that we may. Yes, I know that life is hard for many of you. I know. I've been there. And I still drop tears when my heart hurts. Oh, yeah. But I know, too, that you can look at what God is doing, and things look a lot different. 
Yes, they do. Well, I still haven't answered the question that I posed a day or so ago. Why did God allow John the Baptist to rot in prison when he had done such a magnificent work? And I have to come back to that the next time we get together. The fact is, there is no guarantee that because God has greatly used you at one time that he's obligated to keep on using you. Did you know that? Now, your gifts will always be the same. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And even if a person has backslidden and is is far from God, the gifts God gave him or her may still be very much in evidence. People say to me sometimes, look at that person. How can God use him? Look what he's doing. And they'll point out someone whose character leaves a great deal to be desired and who may even be at the time quite a religious fraud. And they'll say, well, how can God bless that person? The gifts and calling of God. The gifts are there. The blessing may very well be removed. So God doesn't always guarantee that your circumstances will be the same. He doesn't promise that because he used you one year, he's going to use you the same way another year. We'll talk about that the next time we get together. Dear Father, today, guide us, keep us, keep us sweet, keep us trusting. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.